Hello everyone and welcome. This is a bit of an impromptu uh, Restoring Life podcast, I would say, and is going to be, I suspect, the first of three. Um, I'm here with my dear friend Giles Hutchins um, and we decided to jump on audio today instead of our traditional mechanism of writing, um, although you'll probably get a bit of that too, knowing the two of us, to explore a topic that is really core to our work, isn't it Giles? <laughs> I would say um, something that's fundamental to who I would say certainly I am as a person and knowing you well for many years now I would say that applies to you too. Um, the idea of the vision quest um, and the reason this is so live for us as we've been chatting over the last couple of weeks as globally we're experiencing uh, for the first time ever the COVID-19 phenomena that's that's creating incredible new situations out of our control, largely. Um, we started talking about a week or so, didn't we, about how we felt perhaps all of us, individually and collectively, are on a vision quest right now. So we thought it might be good to explain a bit about what that might mean to us, um, because it's an ancient practice and one that's that's pretty universal across lots and lots of different cultures. And then actually perhaps dive into the three distinct stages <laughs> that are really indicative of this particular journey and see if that resonates with anyone who's listening. So Giles, I'm gonna hand over to you <laughs> for the next bit. Bring us up to speed on, on, on what does a vision quest look, sound and feel like? <laughs> okay, um, yes, well, yes, this is sort of core really to um, a lot of leadership development work, um, both Adult developmental psychology um, shows that the quality of our presence, but also what um, is referred to as vertical development, moving across sort of stages, crossing thresholds in our life, is really important for us to become more of who we truly are, become better leaders, uh, better people. And that concept of crossing thresholds um, really is at the heart of the quest, which is essentially a journey. Um, a process of death and rebirth, of letting go of an old self or old habits and old ways of viewing the world and engaging with ourselves and others, uh, to opening up and going through this kind of death-rebirth process, an inner journey that reveals gems from the depths. And so the, the traditional um, quest, the uh, traditional um, threshold crossing really is, is based on a monomyth, um, which means that actually in all the ancient wisdom traditions, all the shamanic cultures, all of the myths um, which uh, civilization really draws upon, all share a common um, thread of wisdom, which is that this is kind of three phases, three part to this inner journey of departure, uh, the journey itself, and then return. So departing from everyday life, from our normality of the outer world, focus on the rational ego attention and so forth, departing from that, going into a psychologically safe, deep space where we can let go and then go into this journey of a liminal inner process um, and then return from that back out into the world to allow those insights from that inner process to come out into the world so that we can operate in a different way and be of service to life. That's essentially the, uh, the process of crossing a threshold or a vision quest. 
Mm, wow, that was really succinct. I love that. <laughs> and the reason I'm laughing is because as you and I both know, and, and anyone who's listening to this who's done any form of vision questing before, um, it's never as neat and tidy as that, is it? <laughs> it's always much more... Uh, messy and emotional and uncertain and I know today particularly we wanted to just really dive into this first threshold which for me is fundamental um which is really about you know the departure as you said or or the the answering the call to adventure as Joseph Campbell would say in the hero's journey um and this first threshold I find is often the hardest um because we find ourselves in these situations where we know something has to change, right? I mean, we know either personally, collectively, for many decades now, we have, I think, globally known something has to change around our consumption of resources, around our use of technology, travel, fuels, energy, you name it, food. Um, And yet to know that something needs to change and then be brave enough to take a step off the cliff into the unknown towards that transformation process is enormous, isn't it? Mm, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a kind of the two bits to it, and I, and I appreciate the kind of compartmentalising something that is really beyond compartmentalisation, but this, for the sake of this conversation, yeah, there's sort of two bits to that, which is, as you say, listening, being able to be receptive enough to actually listen to the call, to find yeah. that pull, that inner um, sense within us and sometimes that can be forced upon us uh, by the unconscious or by life conditions some rupturing or, or some relationship breakdown or some trauma um, and sometimes we can sort of consciously sense that that knowing that one that we're being called into some form of psychological process and then as you say the next step is then brave enough courageous enough not only to engage in it but to then sort of process our way through that actually keep on going through it needing it going through the waves and the ebbs and the flows of as you say what can be you know quite a uncomfortable journey at times um before we can then sort of start passing through it yeah my gosh and and beautifully said actually and i think you know now uh, the sense I've been getting, you know, I mean, often I come to these points in my life uh, where I'm, I'm feeling, I loved how you put it, you know, we need to go through that journey. I, I literally start to feel a longing to uh, die, in, in a better word, to, to a part of myself or a way I've been living or a relationship. And then I will actively, being a bit crazy, actively seek the journey. However, um, it feels, you know, if we scale out to the collective right now, where we find ourselves in what a few short months, weeks in some cases, is collectively the outer circumstances have changed beyond all recognition. Um, And certainly we not only find ourselves isolated in our homes uh, physically um, and socially, but super connected digitally and emotionally and mentally and and how we're experiencing the roller coaster of this threshold right now, I think is really interesting. Now, I would agree. I think there's something very interesting going on for us. Um, and if we are to, if we were to come out of this, the, the same as when, what we went into it with, then we would have missed um, what this, uh, the, the wisdom that this can reveal. And it's, it's the old story of the kind of pearl of wisdom, isn't yeah. it? That, that pearl um, comes from a, quite a painful journey of a grit being uncomfortable and layers upon layers of uh, uh, of turning it into the pearl. And, and, and of course, 
our egos don't really want the grit. We want right. to kind of have it easy, and yet it's the grit that provides the wisdom if we so choose to open up to that inner journey, that process. Yeah, my goodness. And I think it is the saying yes to that. Um, you know, sometimes I use the word surrendering to the unknown or the mystery and I know that can trigger quite a lot of people and I have some very interesting conversations on social media with people when I use the word surrender because you know a lot of people still have the connotation of what doesn't that mean giving up no and to a degree yes it does actually it means giving up a way of life or an identity or you know just a, a way of functioning in the world that has long outgrown its due date really um so I think that that kind of surrendering or courting the mystery to use more mythic language um has a is a real hallmark of this initial threshold isn't it because at this yeah, stage uh, we don't know uh, where uh, we're going uh, right <laughs> we have no idea no, but, i mean this courting of the mystery that's beautiful uh, because of course there is some form of it's these tensions this masculine feminine tensions that are going on inside ourselves right. um which are part of this unfolding and uh, to your point around surrendering and um, you know, and giving up. Actually, you know, if you could think about it, the ego, which is sort of surrounding us and sometimes limiting us in our way of engaging with the world, but keeping us safe. And then when we go through a rupturing, like what is going on at the moment um, with this pandemic, but also what can be happening internally within outside ourselves, we can either retract and kind of give up by going in to the ego more, just sort of letting go of stuff that's troubling us and just keep safe which is a sort of fear-based retraction, or we can open up, and that's still a letting go, it's a releasing, uh, and yet that opening up, so it's surrendering, but yet going beyond the ego, rather than sort of retracting into our same sense of old self, we're actually asking ourselves to peel away those masks and reveal ourselves. So it's kind of, it's this death-rebirth process, and when I look to nature, because I think there's so much wisdom in, in the world of wackiness, mm. so see, we see that the whole ebbs and flows that we find within the, the lunar cycle, within the whole process of uh, gestation and pregnancy, but also the year itself, the spring, the summer, the autumn, and the winter. And that process of winter, which the ego kind of, you know, doesn't quite like, we need to keep ourselves warm, we need to protect ourselves um, from the harsh uh, life conditions, is actually fundamental to the spring, i.e. if we didn't have the winter, the breaking down of the old leaves into nutritious soil, uh, the spring wouldn't be as rich and abundant as it is. And yet our ego tries to kind of (laughs) avoid the winter. So this giving up is not giving up in a kind of, um, you know, reverting to type. It's a surrendering and letting go to go through something, go through that winter, to embrace that winter in an inner, deeper way. Yeah, I love that. I love that because I'm laughing as you're speaking, going, yeah, I do that. (laughs) I do that. And I think we can all recognise that, you know, in the human condition and it's the sense of we are terrible as a species at change, (laughs) even though truly fundamentally that is the nature, as you say, of not just the planetary system on which we live, but of the universal system in which we we all exist. And so um, my grandfather had a phrase that he used when I was a child and I never understood it. Now I find myself using it again and again in this particular context, which is all creativity begins in the dark. 
And I loved that because actually it's that, you know, that acknowledgement of if you take a seed or, you know, as you said beautifully, that the pregnancy begins in the darkness of the womb. And actually right now, um, I think from all the conversations I've been having and, and, you know, love to hear your side of things, people really are, are being very unhinged by the uncertainty you know, and, and the not knowing of when is this going to end? When will we get out of isolation? When can we move around again? And I guess, you know, in the process of birth, we don't know that either. No. So I remember Barbara, Barbara Marks Hubbard, who, bless her, before she passed on, um, had a beautiful metaphor for the planetary evolution that she was seeing on Earth right now, which is, you know, we're at that nine months pregnancy stage <laughs> where if you didn't know what birth was, everybody would be screaming and shouting and, and putting up alarm bells that, you know, the systems were at their limit and something had to give and it was going to blow. And yet actually, just as you said, you have to reach that limit, that critical tipping moment for the birth process to kick in. Yeah, and this is the interesting piece about this departure, is that, and we see this with fractal, we see this with complexity systems in general, as you say, in all life, cosmologically, and also within our own planetary life here, and within psychology, advanced adult developmental psychology, we see exactly the same things, which is when we're at this point of flickering between one old state and a new state that is coming into being, um, that beginning of that, that pregnancy process, there is a lot of tension, there is a lot of pain, there is a lot of disruption because where the old system is being challenged. And I always used to use the idea of the metamorphosis, you know, the caterpillar yeah. the butterfly, and in that early stage, the imaginal cells in the caterpillar, um, that are the beginnings of the new dawn, are actually seen as a threat to the status quo, and they're undermined. And I think well, what we see within inside ourselves is um, in that beginning period of departure, that flickering system, is it's very easy and natural for us to fall back on old ways, to go back into the fear, to go back into the status quo, to just want the safety of the old system. Even though we know that there was something fundamentally wrong with the old system, we just want to go back to that because we're finding it really difficult to be uncomfortable and to be in this place of uncomfortable not knowing. Yeah. And yet if we could learn to be courageous, to be brave enough. That's where the word courage really comes from, courage, to be in the heart during that time, not to keep on popping into the head and try and rationalise it and come up with a new strategic plan or a new way of <laughs> dealing with this, but to actually be fully present with it um, and to open up to it. Then that's where we allow, in that darkness, in that still point, for a deeper creativity, a deeper kind of wisdom to come through. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I think, you know, that is literally uh, the call out right now, isn't it? We're all getting a individual and collective call to just sit in the mystery of not knowing where this is going to lead us personally or collectively. And that is deeply uncomfortable. And yet the more we can sit in that the deeper that metamorphosis will go. And I know certainly on our next kind of little audio jam that we want to do, we're going to talk about the, the second stage, which is the journey, right? The journey of metamorphosis, which in itself is like an epic myth and shows up slightly differently for everyone. Um, but for now, I mean, oh, on the basis of your experience, Giles, because I know you've done this often, um, at this stage of the threshold, what's that thing when you're sat in the discomfort of knowing that you will ultimately cross? 
what is the thing? What's your guiding mantra or star or, or you know, sense that actually gets you to lift that foot up and take a step across the threshold? Well, it's it's funny because actually all nature's asking us to do is relax. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. What's keeping is tense or flickering or, or wanting to get up and do something because, gosh, I can't stand this uncomfortable. I can't stand this not knowing I need to do something. Is, is, is the ego wanting to... And, you know, any great creative knows this. Uh, John Cleese, for instance, wrote about it. Um, uh, why he found his work at Monty Python and other places, um, um, why he was able to break through with real creativity is because he used to sit for at least 60 minutes. And because he, he said for the first 10 minutes, you would be forever incessantly writing things to do. I've got to just do that thing. I've got to remember <laughs> to do that. Oh, I've got to do that. And now I, my mind was quieted after 10 minutes. I now realize I've got to do this, that, and the other. And until you went through at least 20 minutes of that, you weren't even then coming to some real creativity. Yeah. And, of course, then you need to give yourself even longer to get to some really deep stuff. And it's the same with this departure phase. We need to be able to relax into it, have patience, sit with it, notice ourselves, notice that it's very natural to want to get on and to do these things. Of course, we have to. We have to function in today's society. We still need to do the Zoom calls and the catch-up team calls and all the things that we're needing to do. Right. And yet we can build time into our diet to start uh, that inner journey, to, to be courageous and just sit with it. Notice. Notice the uncomfortableness. Don't try and solve it. Just be with it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? My revolutionary act, um, well, and you're right, so whenever I find myself at the threshold, it is to actually create space and it is to start saying no. <laughs> so my revolutionary act, usually when I know I'm about to go into the second phase, which is the journey, is to start clearing out space in my life, whether that's, uh, you know, creating a period of time where I can be away from my client work and away from my writing, even away from the things that I love doing, like creating this kind of content because I need to have that space, that deep space for listening. And you'll laugh, because um, I know you know me well, I, during the last few weeks, it's been the first time in over 10 years I have fully, 100% taken the weekends off. <laughs> and I haven't looked at emails, and I haven't turned my laptop onto any kind of work, and I've deliberately not scheduled calls, because I'm horrific for doing coaching calls over the weekend. <laughs> And I've had that sacred space. So I know leading up into this week, whether we celebrate Easter or not in that sense, we actually uh, in in many places have this kind of elongated weekend coming up this week. And so I would love to invite people to um, put down their phones, <laughs> not do meetings and actually give yourself that space to sit in the discomfort of doing nothing. Perfect. Love it. Love that. Well, and to be continued, uh, to be continued next week. So please do join Giles and I again as we dive into the second part of the journey next week um, around the actual metamorphosis itself, because uh, that's where the magic begins to happen, isn't it, my friend? <laughs> yeah, well, see you soon. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs>